Oh, it is. And I, I feel like when it comes to movies like this, uh, L will never be uh, talked about in the way that films like Irreversible or things like that are talked about. Because, I mean, they're, they're very different movies, but at the same time, I feel like L, even though it was made by Paul Verhoeven, I mean, the king of throwing everything, you know, and the kitchen sink in. I also feel like it is shocking, it is in your face, but there's also a very interesting artistic way that he presents it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of a podcast directed by. So we are wrapping up our month of Paul Verhoeven uh, with the movie L starring Isabel Huppert. So, Mike, where are you at with Mr. Verhoeven now that we've gone through nine of his movies and we are finishing up with this one? I think I'm ready to be done with this. <laughs> it's kind of exhausting, isn't it? It's a, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, this was lots supposed of to be sexual the... assault, lots of Nazis. I mean, it's, it's yeah, a lot. it doesn't make it easy. I mean, there's been some uh, you know welcome surprises like uh, Black Book. Didn't know anything about it. That was oh. great. Had a lot a lot of fun with it uh, until you know we got the the shit covered you know sexual assault. I guess so and like, God, close. Man, so close on the finish line, Paul. What are you doing to me? Um, so yeah, but for popcorn entertainment, some fairly tough subject matter, and boy. We're going to finish off with a bang on that one. Yeah. This is a film a that nice, I started. A nice, easy movie to get through. <laughs> I started this movie once before. I was, this was, I was shocked to hear that you did not see this movie the year uh, it came out. You, but you saw the opening sequence, and so I told you. Fair. I, <laughs> it's a lie. I just turned it off, and I was like, you know what? I'm I'm not in the mood for this. And so now I'm doing it for this podcast. This was the first time watch. Watched it with my wife. <laughs> This might have been the one. Is this why she hates me now? This might have been the one where she was like, why is Dave trying to ruin my life? And I did not fall on the sword and be like, oh, no, I I picked the director this month. Sort of. (laughs) Thanks for just throwing me under that bus. I appreciate it. Yeah, Dave's stupid. He's he's bad. He's a bad person, that Dave. What a jerk. (laughs) So uh, now that we're moving on to that last movie, um, do you have any history with, with the actress here? Have you seen her in a bunch of stuff? So what are you kind of, what were you expecting walking in? I mean, obviously you're expecting that first scene cause you've seen that, but aside from that horrific scene, what else are you, what else are you thinking kind of walking into this movie? Let's see. I'm sure like, you know, <laughs> Isabel Huppert is my wife. Uh, Pair. come her. on. Huppert. <laughs> <Ooh>. She, <laughs> <laughs> and she did it knowingly because uh, my uh, brother-in-law actually, like when we went to visit them in New York, was working on a film project, and uh, he was like, basically, like, "Hey, here's where you can crash. I've got to go. I have a meeting." And so when he came back, I was like, "Oh, you know, what was your meeting about?" And he said, "Meeting with Isabel Huppert." So uh, more to, I guess, have a joke within the family. Sure. Uh, my wife sort of needles him, like, "Oh, how's the Miss Huppert doing? How's <laughs> so, that sort of thing?" Uh, my experience with her, aware of her, but you know, she has 140 credits on her resume. I would say I have no experience with any of her. Uh, you know, younger work, I mm-hmm. guess. Like, I know she's recently popular. Uh, what is it? The disappearance of Eleanor Rigby. I I don't know if that's the first time I saw her. Mm, um, probably. But, 
Greta was it, you know, another thriller that came out just this year as of this recording. Um, so, I mean, I like her, but she's kind of cold, at least in the stuff I've seen cold, mm-hmm. distant, and yep. um, maybe possibly about to be violent to you, which is just what I like. Kind of into it. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> totally like that. Yes. I mean, for me, I, I think, I think L might've been the first movie I'd ever seen her in. Like she's one of those like actresses that film Twitter loses their mind over. Um, so like Do you I, believe them? Like no, they've had not, her long decades not, long history. Not with her. one bit. Not one okay. bit. I would say one percent of the people who talk about actresses like 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 Miss Uper, um actually have seen a bunch of those movies. It's more like, well, I saw the piano teacher once five years ago, and it was great. So she is. That was the one that stuck. I was like, "Oh yeah, I've she's God's that. gift to cinema." Um, so I think gonna, the ones I, are going to be offended by my wife calling her Huppert. Probably good for them. Fuck them. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> so Elle was the first one I saw, and then I saw uh, another movie that came out that year with her called Things to Come, uh, which I think got nominated for for some awards, uh, and then saw uh, the Piano Teacher, uh, and they're all you know they're all rough watches, and she's. She's similar in a lot of them. She's not the same. It's not like she's doing the same thing, but she is that kind of cold, distant, or uh, maybe violent. <laughs> well, at least the, that I'm into. You know, the material that we've seen, at least what she responds to, that seems to be like, you know, filmmakers can, like Mr. Mm-hmm. Verhoeven here, can have like particular taste, and we're like, oh, that's their style. They're an auteur. You know, that's that's what the right. subject matter they choose to cover. And if an actor does like, it, like, oh, why don't you branch out and do something? Do something different. Can you not act? What's wrong with you? So, yeah, <laughs> a bit unfair. I don't know. But, bit. no, I'm, you know, the only reason, like, I really wanted to watch the first time around was because of her. Uh, because I had not seen Black Book. So, for <laughs> Hoven to me means, like, wait. Total Recall? Was last thing I saw <laughs> Hollow Man? Was that the last thing I saw? So, yeah, not getting me, you know, to watch this. Especially because, like, you know, the press about this was kind of, it was all about sexual assault. Like, uh, that's all mm. I heard about this was, like, it's a movie about rape with Isabelle Huppert directed by Paul Verhoeven. And I was kind of like, ooh, man, I don't know. This is this is a lot. But then I heard all these great reviews. So, of course, I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. So, what did you think of Elle now that you've finally been forced by your terrible mm. co-host to mm. watch it? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, it held my interest the entire time. And this, uh, how long is this movie? Is it just over two hours? It's 2.15, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how that stacks up to Basic Instinct as far as, if you want to call this, like a sexual thriller. Um, no, nah, it's about the same. Two hours and seven minutes for Basic oh. Instinct. Held my interest, uh, but I would say diminishing returns oh. as I'm watching it. And I think it's been... That's fair. A few days now, and I'm kind of kind of in that camp of like uh, the emperor has no clothes with this one, where you know everyone made a big stink about it and probably like debated you know the merits of it or the you know mm-hmm. the, the the moral issues of having what we'll see in the film, where this woman who survived sexual assaults then develops sort of an infatuation with the idea of it happening again. I would and, go as far to say an obsession. I think it's even beyond yeah. infatuation. Yeah. Uh, but it kind of goes back and forth. Like you see her like getting weaponry, uh, but she's sort of like, you know, she's uh, crossing that line into dangerous territory and other aspects of her life too, just to kind of see what will happen as mm-hmm. a, you know, she's putting her hand to the fire. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that is uh well, that's a political, you know, bomb to play hacky sack with online oh, yeah. when you're discussing the film. I want no part of that, but um, I also felt like for Hoven, like, 
doesn't either. And I think maybe it's probably his worst sin as we've gone through these films. And this one probably encapsulates it where it's like he introduces these things that are controversial or titillating in some way. And then it's like he, he sort of walks away from it. He's like, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just putting it out there. I don't really have a, <laughs> I don't really have a say one way or the other. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much what I thought about the film. Like the, it's an effective thriller at times, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it earns its stripes for me as far as uh, what it puts this woman through. And I guess putting the audience through to, to make it seem validated in some way that there was some sort of point to all of this. I'm kind of glad he didn't go that route. Cause it, it's much like we talked about, you know, a couple months ago with, uh, with Sofia Coppola. Like, do I want Sofia Coppola, uh, her take on the black slave experience? Probably not. Uh, and I don't think Verhoeven is up to the task of really delving deep. I think it, it's surprisingly shallow in terms of its exploration of what's going on yeah, here. Yeah. Like, I think any depth you get is because of Uber's performance. Like, I think she's phenomenal. I think she deserves every accolade that she got during that year. People talking about this. Like pronouncing her name, right? Yes. Maybe. She at least has earned that at the very least. <laughs> uh, I think the... I think probably the first half to two thirds of this movie, I really, really love. And I don't think it sticks the ending. Um, Cause it, you know, at the end she, you know, reveals that she's been cheating with, you know, her best friend's husband and that stuff that's that kind of blow up. I'm like, okay, I get that. That works. But then it kind of gets forgiven at the end. Like instead, like let's move in together. That's it. It's like this weird kind of happy ending walk off into the sunset for these two women and it's to me like they don't earn that at all like that relationship doesn't i think they try they have that moment when the two women are in bed together kind of just like sharing a friendly moment like i'm talking about remember when we used to try to have a sexual relationship and we just couldn't stop laughing so you had you know they have a close relationship but like that other woman goes from just being royally pissed as she should be you know her best friend was fucking her husband that's terrible and then just goes like yeah i kicked him out let's let's you and me live together and i was just like what and it's such a See, shame because, like, that is how credits roll as they're walking off. And I'm kind of like, uh, I don't like this. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I just read that as like, oh, this was written by men. Um, yes, 100%. I think the novel, novels, yeah, man, a screenplay, man, uh, directed by man. I'm like, okay, <laughs> so they can forgive each other and uh, hopefully uh, they'll fuck. Like, you know, two sexy ladies. It does feel like they're... that. Like, just, uh but but I don't think the movie supports it. Like I didn't think it supports it ending that way. I think it it did feel like well we're already at two hours and fifteen minutes. Like we gotta wrap this some bitch up. Like we can't just because it did feel like it needed two or three more scenes between those two women for that forgiveness to actually make sense. And it just felt like they didn't have time for it. Yeah, I mean it's trying to play with uh, I guess victims of of various. Do I call them sexcapades? Because, I mean, like, if you're talking about cheating, like, you can have something like – I saw you mentioned this film on uh, Twitter, um, you know, my my once-a-month journey into that cesspool uh, closer, the, the adaptation mm. of that play. And that's – that's taking something that could be traumatic and kind of making making it this weird volleyball game between these two couples of, you know, switching back and forth, this infidelity, like pulling one over on each other. Like there's some elements of that. Let's let's remove the the rape. Like let's remove that aspect of it. So yes, yeah, she does screw over her best friend. Um, she knows it's wrong, but doesn't ever seem to fully consider it. And then you have her son, 
who is with a woman that appears to have cheated on him because she's pregnant. And then when the baby is born as a black child, I mean, it's emphasized, you know, pretty much like as clearly as a mother can to her <laughs> very dense son here. Uh, I don't think he's yours. Um, so it's like it introduces all these little threads where it's like, okay, so people who should in some way feel ashamed or victimized by things that have happened sexually around them or something that they've not participated in. Like, mm-hmm. so clearly the son did not, he was not part of conceiving this child and her friend like is in a strange, seemingly sexless marriage. We don't know anything about her sex life. Nope. It just seems like she's just absent from this guy. So you put all this stuff in here. It's over two hours long. Can we, can we, can we connect the threads a little bit, but it's very like, it's a very self-involved film because it's unfortunately just from the Isabella Pair character's point of view exclusively. So it's just kind of like she's just walking amongst the like wreckage of all these things that have to do with sexuality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not going to like knock the film for keeping its eye on the ball that, yes, the rapist that we find out lives next door should probably be the central focus but then I'm thinking, like, okay, maybe maybe we don't include some of the other stuff. If you don't really have interest in it, then I don't know why it's there. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on that because I'm I'm glad that this wasn't a movie that like, okay, let's two hours of Isabella Huppert and a rapist. Like I'm just like, oh, that that's a lot. Um, so I'm kind of glad you have these kind of you know subplots. You've got you know the whole stuff with her with her job. You know this like video game. Uh, company and somebody like you know doing creepy things with with the videos putting her face on this essentially this rape video you've got her helping this guy cheat you've got the stuff with her son and i like that effect like okay this woman does have and you have all the stuff with her father um who was apparently a serial killer uh so that's why she doesn't trust the police uh so i like that we have all these subplots i do wish they connected better because i you know this woman does have a full life it's not just like well this is a woman who is sexually assaulted. So let's only talk about sexual assault for 90 to 120 minutes. Like, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not really interested in that. I think a lot of those stories have been told and I'd rather kind of see her as a complete person. Um, so I'm glad see, those I don't are think there. They do, though. Well, I like, think, I think they attempt to, I think that's what they're attempting to do with all these subplots, but I don't think they ever come together in a satisfying, giving way. them far more credit. I think they're doing a pretty piss poor job of a screen movie. And it's like, by God, Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven were able to like give us the red airings there where it's like, oh, is it the video store clerk? No, it's not him because X, Y, Z. Like, oh, is it the, the boyfriend? No, it's not him. Oh, is it dad who's out of town? They all coalesce into mm-hmm. a pretty fun, like, okay, we get reasons for things. and But we also like stay to, we don't introduce a subplot where it's like, you know, Rose McGowan uh, you know, as being sent weird, I don't know, chat messages of like, you know, people superimposing her face on like a nude body or something and then just sort of drop it where it's like a guy's like, well, I just did it because I just want to see if I could. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Thank you. Like, I think we would condemn an American horror movie or an American thriller for introducing those things and then just sort of stupidly, you know, just swiping them aside. But because it's got that you know, that crazy foreign language. We're like, oh, there's, there's, it's there's French. Be it's something classy, more here. Mike. It's... Look, I mean, Paul Verhoeven, we've got Hollow Man on the record. Mm. He can introduce like insane shit and then do nothing with it. 
But if it's Kevin Bacon and Elizabeth Shue, we're like, well, that was terrible. That was trash. And that's like offensive. <laughs> this is Belle Hubert, you know, Huppert. <laughs> Thank you for pronouncing yeah. it right the first time. Well, it's Huppert now because this well, movie. Well, I could just you know, edit that out. That's fine. <laughs> edit all you want. Uh, you know, they could have done that with this movie and probably had a better product. But uh, that's what I said. Like, I'm kind of uh, disappointed uh, because I think this could have been in that black book kind of territory where it's like okay we are a thriller and like mm-hmm. that isn't with the backdrop of the holocaust and killing jews so that's that has its own issues as far as like trying to make something entertaining out of that but mm-hmm. i think that they just stay focused on on having it and the the whole whodunit aspect of it this one they you know they dropped that about halfway through actually i, I wouldn't don't even think they drop it halfway through as soon as the neighbor is just standing there with an awkward look on his face like enough for the camera to pick up his face this is like what eight minutes in something like that. <laughs> I look at my wife. I said, Oh, that's the guy. That's the one who did it right there. Cause why, why do we give a shit about the neighbor and like sure. him making eye contact with us? I think it's just a kind of poor form. Like mm. I'm really disappointed in Mr. Verhoeven do better, <laughs> especially to finish out our month. My God. Yeah. Uh, so one thing that I definitely liked about this movie is I think it would be, it's a much easier movie to make if our lead character, Michelle, if she, if she she's not the most likable protagonist you're ever going to find like she is tough and she goes after people like she's not she's not going to be a victim um and i kind of like that she's kind of a hard ass in this movie because i think it it kind of puts you on edge more so than a movie with with a different kind of lead would so i really like her performance here i think it's i think it's pretty great especially given like you know you have this whole this whole plot of her, you know, she was raped in the first scene of the movie and then becomes kind of obsessed with that, with that assault and then kind of reenacting it with, with her rapist um, in a, in a way that's, I guess, mildly consensual. And then near the end of the movie, she kind of flips and is like, nope, I'm going to do what I should have done. I'm going to turn you in. Uh, and it's a, it's an interesting choice to have, to kind of string that out until the end of the movie instead of like maybe having her, you know, think about it and go back and forth. She just, she seems to make that decision pretty harshly in that moment. Just like, Nope, I'm done here. We're done here. I'm moving on. And it's, you know, she's a tough character to love. (sighs) I mean, it's an interesting choice of it's, you know, she's got her feet on the ground and it's like, has any sort of basis in reality. Like if she actually just goes to police like, cause, you know, the, the whole weird thing that my father like, killed she the entire neighborhood. She trust the no, she's anywhere. in a car with the man who's driving. And it's like, you know what? I don't fucking like you anymore. You raped me. I'm going to turn you in. And I'm thinking like, okay, well, what Verhoeven and company are really interested in is a, a, another fight scene or another attempt to, you know, sure. rape this woman. And I, I feel like I actually felt like coming into this like all right, we're going to see more personal growth out of this. And I felt like this, this really fell back into hollow man territory for me. That is about as insulting as I can be to the film that you fell back into hollow man territory. Uh, And I just, yeah, I kind of call bullshit on people who raved about this any more so than something like that. Cause I don't think it's got two nickels rolling around in its head. I think it's got a great actress (laughs) uh, and it didn't really know what to do with her. And that's it. So what did you think about, you know, kind of the wrap up of this movie where you find out that the neighbor's wife knew that this was going on. She knows the man that she married. She knows that he is, you know, that he's a rapist. 
And that did that surprise you at all? Did that have any effect? Well, it's the worst sin in film. It's like, okay, so every character just has the viewpoint of the writer. Doesn't have the viewpoint of their own personality. Like, clearly she has a very different upbringing than the woman whose father killed her entire neighborhood. But in, in this, in the, the way they want to resolve it, no, she has the same exact reaction as a woman decades older than her that has her own hangups with her dad and has been called a monster since the age of 10. This otherwise seemingly perfectly normal kind of like, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't want to say like dumb blonde, but they kind of play that archetype, like, or at least that sort of naive, like sort of innocent, like, sure. you know, blonde we have here. She has the exact same reaction. Like you, you have the two most fucked up people on the planet just happen to be across the street from each other. <laughs> and <laughs> don't talk just, to your neighbors. That's that's the lesson here. I, I, I didn't really, honestly, Dave, think about it too much. I just was like already was like, oh, what such horse shit? Like that that was my thing. This is just horse shit. But you know what? We're let's get it over with. Roll the credits. And of course, then we go to like. Maybe uh, the woman whose uh, marriage has been ruined by her best friend, and that you know she's dealt with that betrayal in two seconds. All good. They're just gonna they're just gonna start scissoring. I guess that's just that's just gonna happen. <laughs> just go for it, Paul. Go for it. You know, I would actually have <laughs> not just from my own you know perversions, but I think I would just accept it more if he just cut over the credits, Marvel style, to just a lesbian sex scene <laughs> with it. Because then I'd be like, okay, that's what he wanted to get to. That's sure. what. Just like I wanted more uh, penis touching and grappling and hollow man. Like, just <laughs> let's just go with it, man. Let's just get down to the mucky muck. So speaking of hollow man, it's one thing I thought while I was watching this is one of the things we complained about. One of the many things we complained about in watching the hollow man is that it didn't really reckon with the results uh, of the sexual assault. Like it didn't it didn't really think about that. This film, I think, you know, that's supposedly like that's kind of the whole point. Of this movie, especially like that first assault scene is rough to watch. But given that it's for Hoven, I was actually surprised that it wasn't worse, that it didn't like really show a bunch. It didn't really do. But then, of course, he went back, I think, two or three more times. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, yes. oh, just so you know, I'm still Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> yeah. But I but I think it does have, you know, in terms of the sexual assault, definitely has more in its mind and more thoughts um, about the effect that this has. So. Did that play into how you saw it at all? Was that an improvement from Hollow Man no, for you? No, 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 I don't. I don't think it had more on its mind. I just think it had more of it. I think it just you know we just <laughs> it's like watching a football game and they just went back to the replay a thousand times and we're like you know what we're st- we still don't have any conclusions here from this. It's hard to tell from this angle. You know what? Uh, Paul, could you run it again? <laughs> yes, sir, I can. Yes, I can. I'm surprised that your takeaway from this movie wasn't you should get a dog. Like that's you should have a dog instead of a cat. That's really. I I mean yeah like I. Yeah, There's I even a know. moment where she holds the cat up, said like you could have at least meowed, like I'm not, could have scratched gonna, him. You know, you know, cat shame or something here. Like, yes, you you could you could also like, you know, what does she get? She gets a like a hatchet of some sort. You know, yep. we see the you know going through the process, but. And Mace, which she you know uses on her on her ex accidentally, which is that was one element funny. I really liked. Yeah, because uh, you know you have a scene. Finally, I found something. I found something positive for Mike to talk about. Look, I said I said from the start I was I was interested the whole time, so I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt that it's gonna it's gonna do something here, uh, and I think that's something. You know, I'll turn I'll turn fast on 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 a film or I'm person aware. or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I I seem to find and. Uh, online 
film criticism, if you want to call it that, like just, you know, film discussion, uh, that if people are like entertained or interested the whole time, then that must have been good. And I'm not even I good. It is a masterpiece. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't share that. Like I because I, I'm, I'm giving the film until the end to be like, hey, you've introduced a lot of crazy shit. This is, you know, this is like anything with this or, you know, this is the uh, the kid in class who's like been advised by their professor, teacher or whatever. Like, hey, maybe you're taking on a little bit too much. I don't know if you can fully bring this together. And like, no, I got this. And you're like, OK, <laughs> OK, you kid. said you got it. <laughs> you're going to you're going to, you know, rape uh, your lead character in the first sequence. And then you're going to have her like fantasize about it and like resume a sexual relationship with her rapist after she's aware that that's him. She you know takes the mask off is, you know, one arm man or whatever, like all of that. And you don't, I don't know, you don't do anything with it. That's, you know, that's a big, it's a big bet. It's a lot bigger than what if Kevin Bacon was invisible? What would he do if he did, was not wearing any clothes? That one, you know, we kind of know where that's going. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, Cause I, I like this movie. Fair amount. Like, I think it definitely well, you're has. you're a monster. We've yeah. established that in a previous month. That's also true. Uh, it definitely is not perfect. It definitely has faults. I think um, I think there's probably one or two too many subplots. Uh, I think the ending is pretty horrendous, which is, you know, if you're going to screw up something, you don't want to screw up the very beginning and you don't want to screw up the very end. Because <laughs> you don't want the first or the last thing your audience sees to be like, oh, God, this is... What are we doing? Uh, so that's really unfortunate. But I think you're also right that if you cast anyone else, this is a tough sell. I mean, I think she carries this movie. She makes it watchable. And I think most other actresses, you put them here, probably not gonna. It's probably not gonna work. Um, but to Verhoeven's credit, according to Isabel Pair, she said he was a dream to work with, and really helped her as far as finding her character. And that's like the first, the first real good thing I've heard about Verhoeven as a director from actors. Usually actors hmm. are like, eh, it just lets me do whatever. I don't really know what's happening. Like, it doesn't really give me much guidance. But, you know, maybe she's just a very smart, seasoned actress who knows that, like, you know, you say good things about your directors, they might cast you again. So that might have a, might be playing a part too. But, you know, take that for what it's worth. I mean, I think she's probably, at this stage in their career, she's probably a bigger name than he is. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she's probably not having a lot of trouble getting roles. Yeah, I doubt point. it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, on that wonderfully down note of Elle, which I liked <laughs> and Mike hated, um, we are now wrapping up our month of Paul Verhoeven. So Mike, out of the movies we watched, and I guess we should mention them all one more time. So we watched uh, Flesh and Blood, uh, Robocop and Total Recall, Basic Instinct and Showgirls, Starship Troopers and Hollow Man, Black Book and Tricked and L. So of those 10 movies, what is your favorite Paul Verhoeven movie? My favorite's Total Recall and probably always will be because uh, that was the first one I saw. Then it's a classic late 80s movie from my childhood. Watched it with my dad. Love, you know, Arnold movies from that that time period. And it's just fun. It's it's fun. Um, is there rape in that one? No. It's one of the right. few, I think, where there's Let's not. Let's see if I can go three for three. I don't know if I can. It's going to be a tough... That's tough with Verhoeven. <laughs> Let's see. There, so, It is possible. I'm looking at the ten... We there are three. Possible. Yes, there are three. <laughs> so no, it probably won't work out for me. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's the one that... 
uh, I wouldn't, I would not pick as like, you know, the masterpiece. Uh, although I wouldn't have a problem with someone saying that's, that's their, you know, the best or whatever, but, uh, because I think it's kind of removed with the, the Philip K. Dick influence that's kind of removed from hmm. his normal hangups. You know, it's, it's definitely sci-fi and he had the, the budget coming off of Robocop to like, you know, stretch even further there. But I think as we saw in our month, he, you know, he pulled back to his, his sort of instincts. And if you want to go with like a closer approximation in that genre, you'd probably go with Starship Troopers as far as saying, okay, this is what this guy's about. Even though that was based on source material as well. I think it feels more Verhoeven right. than Total Recall, but that one, that one's my favorite. It's, it's fun. Uh, it, you know, it's a movie star performance from, from Arnold. I love Sharon Stone as the femme fatale. And that mm-hmm. one, I love the three boobs because, you know, I don't have to feel bad about it because nope. <laughs> the three boobs were not raped and there's all this <laughs> weird shit around it. Finally. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like the villains, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it's just, it's goofy. Um, and it's a sci-fi movie that I think a lot of modern ones have tried to, to mimic in the sense that they're saying like, uh, don't think about this too hard. Like oh. you can think about it a little bit, but there's almost characters, there's characters chiding Arnold for like, just shut up, shut up and run already. Like, you yeah. know, just get back into it, back into the fight. So yeah, that, that's my favorite Verhoeven. So I'm very happy to report that my favorite Paul Verhoeven movie is a movie that I had not seen before we started this month. And I didn't expect that to happen because like you know we started i'd seen starship troopers i'd seen showgirls robocop total recall l um so a fair amount at least half of these movies i'd seen before but easily easily my favorite movie of the bunch is basic instinct i had a blast watching that movie i just i really enjoyed every second of it you talked about a movie star performance from arnold it's also a movie star performance from sharon stone but before she was even really a movie star like she has so much presence in that movie and is so fun to watch. You can tell she's having a good time playing this character. Um, I think it's a it's a really interesting kind of neo-noir film, which is not necessarily something that Verhoeven had done before. Uh, I think it's got a lot of Verhoeven stuff, but it's, you know, it might not be what a lot of people think of when they think of Paul Verhoeven. They might think of kind of the science fiction angle because he has done a fair amount of that. Uh, but, you know, and of course it has, you know, maybe the most memorable scenes from Verhoeven's career, maybe the the ones that are the most famous uh, are in Basic Instinct. Um, and I also kind of also kind of love that it doesn't doesn't feel the need to make sense. You also talked about this idea of like, don't think about it too hard. And I think Basic Instinct certainly has that with its ending. But yeah, that is a movie that, you know, I I can see watching a bunch of times like it's probably that and Total Recall are the ones that I feel like are the most rewatchable. Those are the ones I would put on. So uh, what is, what is Paul Verhoeven's best movie? And I think this is, this will be interesting because I think, I think this is one of the few directors we'll do probably for a while. Who's kind of trashy. You know, a lot of the directors we cover like, Oh, these are classic films. Like so easily the best one is this five-star Oscar award winning film. Uh, There's not really one of those here. I mean, I think in terms of, Critical acclaim, I think probably L did the best as far as critical acclaim, hmm. and I know that's not going to be your choice. Um, no, I'm no, just it's guessing not. here. Uh, so, what do you think is Verhoeven's best film? I, you know, I hate to uh, agree with you in some respect, but I would, I would say Basic Instinct is his hmm. best. Now, the reason I don't, I wouldn't classify it by our definition as his masterpiece is because I think there's probably 
you know, th- this is like a true like you know combination. It doesn't fit our our tours for assholes sort of philosophy with him and Joe uh, Esterhouse. Is that his mm-hmm. the name? The screenwriter from the early '90s that did. I think he ended up writing Sliver with Sharon Stone yep. as well. Correct. So didn't do quite as well. Let's. Uh... <laughs> you could make the argument that's like okay, so he had his own sort of you know auteur sort of like stamp there is with the with a certain genre, a certain style of, you know, sex thrillers. But I, I think basic instinct <laughs> while I may like it less than something like flesh and blood, uh, I'm not gonna play that hipster card. Uh-huh. And like I I think best has to be something somewhat recognizable uh to to people as far as like, okay, so Verhoeven, you know, when he actually had you know budget, he had movie stars and like was basically given to a certain degree free reign like what could he accomplish and so i think flesh and blood probably <laughs> had a lot of barriers you know with the yes. the in play there uh the actors that hate him although i guess sharon stone and him have like a love hate type thing that yeah. came out of basic instinct um but yeah it's it's pulpy it's fun um, the characters are not grounded in reality. There's no attempt to it uh, to be. So you have Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone, you know, trading sort of jabs. And my favorite part about it is that Michael Douglas just seems like he's constantly aroused and like so incredibly frustrated yep. by the fact that he's not got his penis in something like in that very <laughs> second, uh, including his, uh, his, his cop buddy who like, you know, brings him pizza and like, you know, beverages to his door. I don't know. Like, I think it's a lot of fun, and I think that Verhoeven stuff, like, after, you know, late 80s, early 90s, he's kind of like uh, a, a man without a genre, really, or mm-hmm. like a welcome audience for, like, for his particular hangups. There was that moment in time where it's like the, the nation said, hmm, Sharon Stone, like, you know, taking an ice pick as she, like, grinds away on some dude, sends him off to his death while she's having sex with him. Allegedly, I guess in the film. Allegedly, it's her. <laughs> Some blonde. Uh, yes. We'll allow it. We'll allow it, and we'll make it like you know a top-grossing film this weekend. We'll we'll take the we'll pile up the kids. We'll go to see Basic Instinct <laughs> together. That's my fantasy, Dave. That's my dream. That's the world I uh, want to live in, Mike. That's I'm yeah. So that. I hate that you picked it. I wish you had picked something stupid like Showgirls, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Basic Instinct. I would say is his best. I think that was like probably his peak. Hmm. I think uh, this might surprise you because I'm going to pick a movie that is not well known uh, for his best. I think his best movie overall is Black Book. Uh, I was really impressed with this movie and I walked into this like, oh, I'm going to fucking hate this. Paul Verhoeven takes on Nazis like, mm, no, uh, but it is really affecting. Uh, it's really well acted. It's really well directed. Uh, I think the minimal action sequences they have really, really work. And if you didn't have that one scene that we have talked about, the ship scene, I think it's pretty fantastic. Uh, we mean literal shit scene. Yeah, not literal. This. Not a bad scene. It is that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, you know, I also like the fact that there's relatively recognizable actors in it, but no superstars. You know, so it never takes you out of the movie. And I think one in a the movie... the Koch brothers that we talked about? Right? Yes, that's correct. Yes. <laughs> And a B-level star of Game of Thrones uh, in in the lead role. Um, I think I think in a movie like that, that is so kind of epic in scale and about such an important time in in that country's history. I think when you have you know recognizable actors, I think sometimes it takes you out of it. So, and I think this only happens because of movies like 
Hollow Man, where he, the world said, "No more. We are done with you, Mister Verhoeven. Go back to your go back to your country See? and do whatever you want there." So that actually America great. We just get it right so many times. That's right, absolutely. And then we stop getting it right. <laughs> yeah, we, we just you know hit those bricks real hard. Um, but yeah, and it definitely surprised me. I did you know if you if you had you know given me this list and given me kind of a synopsis of these movies, I'd be like, oh well, that's the one I don't want to watch. Like Black Book? That no, no thank you. Well, me. for me it was Flesh and Blood, and then I was like, this movie's great. This <laughs> so is a fun. fun time at the movies. Yeah, yes. uh, yeah. There's there's been plenty of surprises. Um, yeah, Black Book is actually the one I would pick for masterpiece. Honestly, oh, okay. like so. Uh, so before we really jump into that, like, what do we, what do we expect from a Verhoeven movie? What exactly? Because I mean, obvious, like to me at least, there's some obvious like sex and violence, right? You got to have and violence. Both of those. The uh, you know, there's a power imbalance usually with a sexual relationship. And, you know, the thing that makes Basic Instinct probably work is that Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone at different points seem to shift in power. I mean, he is mm-hmm. the authorities, the cop, he's investigating her. He says, you know, he loves fucking her, but he's still going to put her away. You know, he's like, you know, don't don't misconstrue me, woman. I may be in love with you and love having sex with you, but I still have to follow the badge. So. I think that one makes it a little more palatable, even though that was a controversial film. So I think you have to have those, you know, the the power dynamics along with the, you know, the bedroom scenes, um, some sort of controversial subject matter. So like mm-hmm. a basic instinct, you know, the fact that there were, you know, there were protests about the fact of how they were portraying, like, uh, you know, the queer community, as we talked about. Black book, you uh, have the Holocaust. That's pretty. Black book, yeah, yeah, like that one. You know, I, I just saw the premise. I'm like, oh, like you, I was like, oh god, you know, not. <laughs> Yeah, because I knew we we still had L to deal with as well. So I'm like, wow, we're gonna, you know, he he left America. But I'm, I'm glad you did not hate Black Book because this would have been a real rough end to the month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those two in a row. No, it made it made the whole month. I mean, worth it because from from the most part, you know, I find him entertaining. It was surprising mm-hmm. to me that the ones I expected to hate were the ones I really like. I really, really came close to putting Flesh and Blood as my favorite, but I'm you surprised know, you recall. didn't. Honestly, Total like... Recall is Total Recall. And you've got uh, history with it. You've seen it. You saw it when you were younger. And, you know. I honestly didn't think I could make a case for it as, uh, you know, being better than Basic Instinct as far as defining Verhoeven. So, sure. <clears throat> um, yeah, controversy, sex. Um, what else? Uh, actually, the violence may be kind of muted in Black Book. Maybe that may be the one knock on my masterpiece yeah. pick. I mean, it does, but it does have that constant threat. Of violence. Yes, I think yes, just given true. the subject matter, like I don't think you need a bunch of violence. and there's enough. Like you have that scene near the beginning where her whole family is gunned down in front of her. Pretty violent. Like mm-hmm. maybe not as violent as the gunplay in Robocop. Uh but <laughs> I think there's enough there that it still fits. And uh he you know, he does that that's the biggest detriment of Hollow Man, even though Elizabeth Shue is the uh the hero. Uh, he tends to like having women in positions of power, whether mm-hmm. they're the, you know, the Sharon Stone was a femme fatale, uh, Elizabeth Shue's the hero, uh, L, Isabel Pear, I guess is both, depending on your point of view, like, sure. you know, depending on how she, she treats you. Um, I think by the end, she's clearly in power. Like she definitely is. Whether you're talking about her work situation, right. like with, with this man that she's going to call the cops on with her family. Like she is in Jennifer Jason Lee going back to flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably the biggest thing I have against RoboCop is there's an absence of women really like, uh, and Nancy Allen was RoboCop's partner, right? Yep. 
Yeah. Nancy Allen's great. Like that, that there's Not a that, lot though. could have done with that. No, no, it's a totally <laughs> thankless part. Um, so yeah, I, I think, uh, black book to me has all of it in a fairly palatable thriller. Like it's a much better version of the, uh, uh, the Robert Zemeckis movie with Brad Pitt and allied, uh, allied Cotillard. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have this, like the trust thing where they were on two sides and, you know, they're both spies, you know, working together or against each other. You get that element in black book and it's like everything I wanted in allied cause it's got Brad Pitt. It's got big movie stars. See, see, and again, this proves the point that I made about this movie is that once you bring in superstars, you bring in like at this point, especially Brad Pitt, but even Marion Cotillard, like these are known commodities. So immediately, like I think a part of you is taken out of that situation because you're like, I'm looking at pretty people on this screen. That's what I'm here for. And I think it takes away some of that gravity that I think Black Book has. Well, I'm sorry that you don't find, you know, one of the Koch brothers to be handsome enough for you. Nope. Or, uh, you know, Brad, one of the, Brad Pitt or nothing. on Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, beautiful, beautiful young lady. And Dave says she stinks. Get her off the screen. <laughs> that was not a shot uh, at their looks. That was a shot at them not being movie stars. <laughs> sort of well, you know, that's that's one uh, part of being a dumb American that works in our favor. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because... But maybe there. Like yeah. these are the Brad Pitt and Mary Cotillard of certainly in our experience with Black Book, I felt like anything was on or off the table at any point. Like yeah. I had no idea who was safe. Uh, so it really worked as an espionage thriller. Um, and I, you know, if I was going to try to get someone into Verhoeven, I think to me this was the only choice as far as it being palatable without mm-hmm. it having some weird offensive thing in it. And I guess the, the actual shit scene would be closest. But at that point, you're so far into it. Sure. But, you know, you get something like L, there, that's a turn off the TV moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, it literally was for you the first time yeah. you tried to watch it. Flesh and Blood, a lot of that stuff happens Ooh. early with Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, you know, we have our, our heroes, the ones where, like, they've been screwed over. Uh, Rucker Howard, it's like immediately he's, like, you know, assaulting someone, like, 10 minutes later. So it's like you have moments where people are like, I don't need this in my life. Why am I watching this? I think Black Book... You know, it, it's a Holocaust. Like it's it's like same with like Inglorious Bastards, right? Like we see this woman who's now alone. Her family's been gunned down. You were on her side. You're going to take that journey with her. So I feel right. like <laughs> Verhoeven is someone that is going to be hard for me to get friends and family to sit down with with two hours of his nonsense and his sexual hangups. <laughs> Black Book is the closest thing I could see. Other than the fact that it's a Dutch film. Right. I can see them just taking that ride. So yeah. that's that's the masterpiece for me. I like that choice. Not my choice, okay. but I but I like that choice a lot. Well, I mean, we you know two of them we've already agreed on in different you know yes categories. Uh, I guess, and, and I have a repeat. Uh, my favorite Verhoeven is also what I think his masterpiece is. I think Basic Instinct is the Verhoeven masterpiece. It's like two months you've done this now. Have I? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but I'm just being honest, Mike. I'm not. I'm not here. That's not. not that's I'm not here to dance showman, for you. Man. Nope. Look. No, that's what to... you're here for. <laughs> That's your job. I'm always sir. thinking, like you know, like let's let's shine up. This man, we selected ten of his films, and you're thinking only two of them are worthy of discussion. That is in your little certainly award ceremony. That is certainly not what I said. Mm-hmm. There are many films that are worth discussion, but I do think that his masterpiece is a basic, basic instinct. Um, it has kind of all the Verhoeven pieces that you talked about, and I think, like, yes, that opening scene, like if you're introducing someone to Verhoeven, it's a lot. 
Um, but it's one of those. Is it, Dave? It, it is, especially if you're watching the director's cut that we watched. It's a lot. Um, but I think it's like, okay, I'm not going to show someone Verhoeven who's not going to be able to handle sex and violence. Like, what? Why would I? Why would I do that to them? That just seems hurtful. Because um, you have to groom them into being into sex and violence, Dave. No, no, we're Americans. We should already be into sex and violence. So sorry, this is this where is a we're at. Disturbing episode. <laughs> Fitting yeah. for L. I just think it has everything that uh, that a Verhoeven movie that you expect out of it, and I think it does it better than just about any of the other films. Like I think it's especially once you get past that first scene, if you are squeamish about violence, I think the rest of the movie it's like it's it's actually enjoyable. Like it's a fun movie to watch, uh, and I think when Verhoeven is at his best, that's the kind of movie he makes. Like I think. Verhoeven's version of fun is probably a little different than most people's. And I think this is the one that kind of toes that line the best, that it's still kind of a, you know, a people pleaser movie along with having all that sex and violence and all the power differentials that you talked about. I think this is for me, the Verhoeven movie. And it kind of surprised me because again, as we talked about, I'd never seen this movie before this month. Uh, I, I just kind of figured, ah, oh, it's kind of trashy. I guess it'll be kind of fun, whatever. But I was surprised at how much I liked Basic Instinct. So it is my favorite, uh, not quite his best, close. I thought about doing three for three, but I was like, I gotta throw something in here. But what it definitely, it definitely is his masterpiece. Dave's taking the last episode off, where he's like, all right, I got material for one movie. That's all I'm discussing. L, I'll just let Mike, you know, I'll just roll the ball out, let him kick it around against the wall, like just toss to himself. I'll, I'll let Mike get in trouble for this movie. <laughs> I'll get in trouble. You should get in trouble. You know, I'm the one saying it's disgusting and I'm fine with the, some disgusting elements, but own it. Own it, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Own the fact that you're a pervert. I said I liked L, except for the end. I'm talking to Mr. Verhoeven. We all know you're a pervert. <laughs> all right, You've got hours of that on tape. <laughs> That's very, very true. Um, so yeah, so a little bit of a disagreement, I guess, but I think we're on similar pages with these movies in general. I was, I was surprised that like if, if we had, taking a poll at the beginning of this i don't think black book would have would have made the list like i'm that, just happy that robocop just got shut out and it did we're gonna make some people mad with that one but i mean i like robocop but it's certainly not my favorite it's definitely not the best so sorry guys this is anti-robocop po- podcast <laughs> we are pro sharon stone anti-peter <laughs> weller sorry that's just where we're at yeah, let, let's this will really get the numbers up. We like, hey, we're doing Verhoeven Month. You know the movie that is not worthy of discussion. Fuck Robocop. That's but I tell you what, one of these guys loves Flesh and Blood. He fucking loves it. <laughs> the movie no one's ever heard of. <laughs> yes, where it's the ultimate film Twitter pick. There, we're gonna pick the one no one's ever heard of. I'm surprised that you didn't pick his like you know his experimental film. <laughs> That like was written by 19 people and just like, oh, we're just going to make some weird choices. We're having fun. Let's do tricks. That I actually thought easy. that L was pretty close to tricked as far as introducing plot threads and then doing nothing with them. All but right. I'm not, sense. I'm not having this conversation. Let's just wrap this up. So next month, it's going to be a, a big couple months, actually, because oh, God. we are we are doing Martin Scorsese. Um, and we sat down together over the Internet. And we were just kind of like, how do we pick 10 Scorsese movies? I mean, the man's been working, you know, since, you know, what, early 70s? And still yeah, working now? 60s. Yeah, late mm-hmm. 60s, early 70s. So how do we pick just 10? So we got around that uh, by not picking just 10. 
Um, so next month, we are taking a look at Scorsese's early career, which is basically the 70s and 80s. And the month after that, we're going to do his later career. So the movies we are covering are Mean Streets, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, Taxi Driver, New York, New York, Raging Bull, The King of Comedy, After Hours, The Color of Money, The Last Temptation of Christ, and we will wrap it all up with Goodfellas. So that is quite a month, and we're not even really touching, you know, a lot of big-time movies later in his career, so that's why we really had to split this up. Like, I, I just don't think there's any way to just pick 10 movies from that prolific a director. John Ford, though? Easy peasy. I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Who? We're done with that. That month is over, sir. <laughs> All right. So if you would like to hear more from us, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DirectedByPod. And if you would like to donate your hard-earned money to this podcast, you can find us on Patreon as well. Just look up a podcast directed by there. And last but not least, if you'd like to, we would love if you would subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. 